Yeah, so I'm Tone Prong, I'm the provincial geochemist. Welcome to the Explore Everywhere podcast, where we explore the world through hiking trails, go and see some amazing places, and meet the people who love and protect them. This episode is brought to you by the Hiking Trails of New Brunswick 4th edition book. This book is a beautiful book. There's been past editions. As I said, this is the 4th edition. I think I have every one of them. It was the go-to book since I started hiking with the majority of the trails in the province. It has all the important trails in the province. It has, I think, a hundred and I forget how many trails, quite a few trails, but it covers the whole province. I like this version better than all the past ones because in past ones, they had like black and white a lot, but this one has full color pictures, glossy paper, uh, great descriptions and maps. I have actually, this is quite a significant read 325 pages but I have read this from front to back like a novel which I am a little bit obsessed more than probably most so that's what I do but this was a good read it just it, all the descriptions about the different trails which I've been on but tells a little bit of the stories about what they've uh, experienced when they were there this version is so well done and beautiful and maps I love maps so it shows all the the different topo maps for most of the trails so if you're going to start exploring hiking trails in New Brunswick and you like books, I would suggest that you buy one of these hiking trails in New Brunswick books. They're available on the exploreeverywheremedia.com web store, or you can get to the web store by going on the Hiking MB website and clicking on any of the store links. This episode is brought to you by the Waterfalls in New Brunswick book. This book is a great, amazing, beautiful book. I love, I love maps and books, especially books that are full of color pictures and beautiful. It's just, I don't know, there's something tactile about holding a book that you can't get online. There's two versions of this book. There's a guide version, which is more of a guidebook type thing. This is more of a picture book that describes the waterfalls and has some beautiful pictures of it. So I think I like this one better because like I say, you can go online, you can find out information on how to get to a lot of these places. I have a lot of them on the Hiking MB website for a guide, but this shows the beautiful pictures and describes the falls and how big they are some of the history in the area some of the land ownership who owns them there's there's lots in here that i haven't explored yet there's so many waterfalls across the province but it covers the whole province and it covers a lot of waterfalls this is a beautiful coffee table book like i say lots of pictures descriptions of waterfalls if you love waterfalls which a lot of people do then you'd want to check out this book. The book's available on the exploreeverywheremedia.com web store, or you can go to the Hiking MB website and click on any of the store links to get it. Welcome to the Explore Everywhere podcast, episode 16. I'm pretty excited about this episode. It's my first interview. We're going to go back in time to a place where the Bay of Fundy didn't exist and Nova Scotia and New Brunswick were attached to each other. We're going to go back in time to a place when there's volcanoes across the landscape. We're also going to go back to a time when most of New Brunswick or all of New Brunswick was covered in thick ice. 500 meters to 2 kilometers thick and how that impacted the geology of the province. For this week's episode, I interviewed Tone Pronk, who is a geologist for the province of New Brunswick. We climbed up to the top of Curry Mountain and talked about the geology across all of New Brunswick and how it relates to a lot of the hiking trails that you're on. So if you ever go out on a hiking trail and you look at the rocks or you're on a beach and you're wondering how those rocks got there, how they formed, what the geology was, you're going to learn a bit about that today. It's a pretty long episode. It gets pretty deep into some of it, but I'm going to just going to go through some terms just so you have them for reference and I'll include them in the show notes. There's rock types that we talk about. One is basalts. So basalts are dark, fine-grained rock that usually comes from a lava flow. Gabbro is a coarse-grained, slow-cooling rock that forms crystals because it's slow-cooling. And we talk about why in the podcast episode. Felsic magma or rhyolite is a magma made up of lighter elements, usually lighter in color. Feldspars are a group of rock forming minerals that crystallize from magma. 
And sedimentary rocks are rocks that form from sand or gravel being stuck together. So wherever you see sand and gravel now, millions of years from now, that'll all get pressed together into a rock. You don't need to remember all the details of that, you just need to remember that they are different kinds of rocks and they come from different places in geological terms, and we talk about that in the podcast, but just know that those are types of rocks. Different kinds of landscape features that we talked about are drumlins, which are elongated hills formed by glaciers. So basically they're scraped out of the landscape by the glaciers moving through. Moraines, which are accumulations of dirt and rocks on glaciers can be left behind in ridges when the glaciers retreat. So sometimes you see gravel bars and stuff like that. That was stuff that was picked up by glaciers. And as the glaciers melted, they were left behind. Eskers are sand and gravel deposits formed in rivers in and under the glacier, which is why they appear as sinusoidal ridges in the landscape. So they're dropped by the glaciers. Delta, usually formed at the mouth of rivers where sediment from up rivers deposited. So if you go to the mouth of any rivers, you usually find like more sandy material where all of the sediment that washes down the river kind of accumulates near the mouth of the river. That's the delta. Caldera is the system with the vents, magma chambers, blowouts, etc. in volcanoes. Sagamook Carlton and the Mount Pleasant complex and some of the other granite rhyolite complexes in the southwest are caldera complexes. A series of shifting magma chambers similar to Yellowstone, which is over a continental hotspot. Tectonic plates are pieces of the Earth's crust that move around and bump into each other in a really slow time. So the edge of one would be out west in the mountains of BC and down through California. There's two tectonic plates that are pushing up against each other and one's going underneath the other one and the other one's being pushed up into the mountain range. Uh, another example of that is the Mid-Atlantic Rift. So in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, there is a long chain of basically openings where volcano spews out and pushes those plates apart. So we're slowly getting farther away from Africa. And if you go way back in geological time and look at a map of Africa against North America, you'll see that they fit together, like they'll slide back together if you took both land masses and put them together. At some point they used to be one landmass, but that rift in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean is slowly pushing that apart, and we talk about those. Accretionary terrain is something else we talked about. So when tectonic plates come together, material from one is pushed up on the others. If you don't know all the details of this, don't worry about it. You'll get a lot out of this podcast. Hopefully it just triggers you to look up more on geology. It's fascinating when you get out and start looking around and, and we tie it to a lot of the hiking trails around. We talk about probably 20 different hiking trails and what you'll find there and what the origins are. The other thing we talk about is periods of time, which aren't as important but kind of interesting. We talk about different periods of time from 200 million years ago to 550 million years ago roughly. And I'm rounding those off pretty hard. For the purists out there, uh, look it up if you want to know the uh, detailed dates for some of these periods. But we talked about the Triassic period, which is 200 to 250 million years ago, roughly. That follows a great mass extinction. It's also when, following that great mass extinction, life from the ocean started to diversify rapidly and spread across the land. At that point, the world is still one large continent called Pangaea which is combined the whole landmass of Africa, Asia, put back together with North America, South America, with the tectonic plates. So that's called Pangaea, where it was one big continent. The older period that we talked about, one of them is Carboniferous period, roughly 300 to 350 million years ago, and that's what formed most of the coal on Earth. So. The plant material was laid down and then basically when things died and they died in layers in the ocean, that got compressed over time and created a lot of the coal and you'll see that up around the Minto area. The Devonian period, which is even older, 350 to 400 million years old, plants and animals evolved and expanded quickly resulting in forest spreading across the land. So there's a, a rapid expansion of different species and evolution of species across the land from the oceans. A lot of that is probably what accumulated 
I'm guessing, to form the Carboniferous period where that all got compressed in the coal. So the oldest period that we talk about is the Cambrian period, which is roughly 500 to 550 million years ago. And it's made up of a high proportion of sedimentary deposits that exceptionally preserve plants and animals from that time in fossils. So really nice fossil beds probably came from that period where you find all the different kinds of fossils. Just because the sediments like gravel and sand formed around dead plants and animals and that got preserved and pressed into the fossils that we find today in museums and stuff. The other thing we mention is LIDAR, which is a technology that is fairly recent. LIDAR is a laser measuring technique that I think it's in a plane, but I think it can be done by satellites too, but it's basically measuring with lasers very accurately the ground underneath tree cover. That's the kind of difference of past. I think the detail's a bit different too, but it can measure the shape of a ground underneath tree cover. So it's just like you're looking at the ground with no trees on it. And you can find some really interesting geological features that you might not have known were there otherwise, like eskers or any of that type of stuff. So that's a quick rundown. I'll have the summary in the show notes. There's so much other resources if you want to dig into this further. This is just to give you a taste of the geology that's around, just so you're thinking about it when you're out hiking. And with that, let's talk to Toon Pronk about the geology of the province of New Brunswick. We start our conversation on top of Curry Mountain, which is near Fredericton, which is an old volcano we talk about. Then we take a quick trip over to a quarry on the Carlisle Road. It's a fascinating subject and I hope you enjoy. Yeah, so I'm Tone Pronk and I work for the Department of uh, Resources and Energy and uh, I work for the Geological Survey Branch and the Provincial Geochemist. And uh, my background is mostly in uh, physical geography and, uh, and quaternary geology, which deals with ice ages and, uh, and younger. So it's the, uh, the upper part of the landscape. This is not basalt, this is gabbro. Okay. This is part of the, sort of like the feeder system of the, yeah. the volcano. That's one of the reasons why you don't see a hole, but you also don't see it because it's 300 million years old. Yeah, you know? 350 is what. Yeah. We have a joke in the family, every time we read a sign about geology, it's usually 350 million years old, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, everything Carboniferous is sort of in that range, you know, yeah. between 300 or 290 up to like 350, yeah. And uh, so it's a very old, like the landscape, I mean, people, sometimes they, like, uh, I don't know if you see in the Walton Glen description, but the new thing in the, in the book for the parkway says that it's Walton Glen's shaped by the glaciers, but there's very little sign that the glaciers had anything to do with that. Yeah, because it's it would, way older. Yeah. It's, uh, and it's all angular, right? If, mm -hmm. the, if the glaciers would have been over there, you would have had smooth edges and stuff like that, and smooth like this, you know, like. Yeah. Um, like so, the Grand, like uh, Acadia Park is very rounded granite. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and uh, um, Turtle Mountain would be like that. Yeah. It's very rounded yeah. on the top, right? Yeah. Yeah. Have you hiked Turtle? Yeah, you must yeah. hike Turtle. Yeah, definitely. We used to go there with our scouts and we'd hike up uh, on a Saturday morning or whatever yeah. and we'd sleep overnight. Yeah. We'd hike the next, oh, back the next spot. day. Yeah. yeah. So this, this part, this is where the outcrop is. And these are the volcanic rocks, like all Oh, okay. Here. I didn't realize they went back in a band yeah. like that. Well, when you go up to McLeod Hill Road, yeah, you know where the cliff is, yeah, a Royal Road, and you mm -hmm. go off to McLeod. Well, that cliff is is uh, is sort of capped by uh, lava. Like oh, okay. Basalt. I didn't realize that. This is Gabbro, so this is the feeder, and then. So by the, feeder, you mean like the where the lava came out. Basically. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. So the and the the basalts are what flows out, right? Oh, okay. And so this, if you crack this open, is a loose piece. I brought a hammer. You can. Uh, so is it the same same origin, just different? It's the same different, chemistry. Uh, okay. It's the same chemistry, yeah. but when when you have uh, intrusive and extrusive rocks, the intrusive mm -hmm. rocks they they cool off slower. Yeah. So the crystals grow bigger. Okay. And the longer it takes I to cool off, like if you have um, bodies that are deeper and cool off very slowly, yeah. you have very large crystals. Okay. If they cool off faster, you have very small And you crystals. don't see the columns, you see the columns on the fast drying stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because they're basically 
drying uh, cracks. Drying crack yeah. or cooling cracks. Yeah. yeah. So when you go, you can see some of those when you go up on the Royal Road quarry too. And I don't know if you can see them here at the Carlisle quarry, but yeah. so the Carlisle quarry is just like, is number right one there. and number two is, is here. Okay. Yeah, F-volcanic soils typically are rich. Right? Yeah. Rich, rich in things like iron and manganese and uh, all sorts of Which I think has a lot to do with all the hemlock and white plant around. Good nutrients, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's trees, right. So, so, so we're, we're standing on a remnant of one of these feeder pipes, basically. Oh, okay. That, okay. That, fed, that. that fed these uh, volcanics. And the interesting thing about these volcanics is uh, uh, like this. So this way, the fracking fault, mm -hmm. it goes up towards Minto. And at Minto, there are volcanics exposed. Mm -hmm. And so they're part of that same system. And then when you go down this way, you end up in Harvey. Mm -hmm. And in Harvey, like along the railway tracks there, mm -hmm. along the lake, there's also volcanic okay. exposed. And these volcanics are all the same chemistry. I didn't realize that. So, so it's part of a, like a rifting zone. Yeah. Similar like the East African rift zone yeah. right now. So, yeah, it's a, there's always so a story, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and that's, so would that would that fault line line up and go all the way to Graham and Ann then, or would that be a different one down there? Uh, that would be a different one. It'd be a different yeah. one. Okay. Yeah. See, Graham and Ann has, is an interesting story in itself, and mm -hmm. we're working on a new highway map for a geological highway yeah, map for saying. the province. And uh, Graham and Ann is interesting because it's it's a failed rift, like so. So after in the in the yeah in the Triassic, when the Atlantic Ocean started forming, mm -hmm. initially. The, the rift zone was where where the Bay Fundy is now, oh, okay. and it failed, like it stopped somehow, yeah. and then it broke off further. Basically, got clogged up and pushed out somewhere else. It got it got, <laughs> it, got it broke off further up, and then it started rifting. Oh, okay, like, and that's what we have today as the Atlantic Ocean. So, so Bay Fundy is really a failed, not experiment, but a failed uh, rift zone. So would the fault line in Graham and Ann follow right up kind of through the bay then? Yeah, there's a whole bunch of faults under the bay. Okay. And they're like a globin structure almost. Yeah. yeah. And then, so all the sediments like in the bay are, are a lot younger. They're Triassic and younger. Okay. Right? So, yeah. so how is in Graham and Ann, how is it separate? It's separated to lava origin on the right and it's more sedimentary on the left. How is that like? It's uh, actually the rocks, the, the rocks on the lower part of, of Graham and Ann, mm -hmm. they're old, like they're Cambrian and pre-Cambrian. Yeah. And then, so so they're basement rocks, what we call basement rocks, which is underneath what most of the things that we see. So the the basalts, they're mm -hmm. a lot younger. Like so they're, so they're would triassic. they be something that pushed out and just pushed in that direction kind of thing? Yeah. Or? yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. It was one of those, similar there. to this, it was a rift, and it's like Iceland is today. Yeah. yeah. And the volcanics, they just came back up and they started flowing out. And yeah. Those are all basalts. Okay. In, in so they wouldn't Ann. have covered the basically the eastern side of the island, they would yeah. cover the western yeah. side of the island. and it's, it's all high, right? And, yeah. and when you go to some of the cliffs, you can see the layers of basalt, like, yeah. like in it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, New Brunswick, geologically speaking, a very interesting well, place yeah. to live. Well, then on top of that, you got the flock of sheep on Grand Manan, which is, yeah. not, I don't know if you'd classify that as geology, but the big oh, yeah. granite falls yeah. that kind of get left yeah. by the glaciers. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. There, and I mean, there's glacial material everywhere. There, have you been to? There's a lot of erratics in this area. Of, oh yeah, no. been to. Well, if you go to the, uh, I was just writing something up for the one of the, just like highway spots where you can stop or where you're biking, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you go to the agricultural station, mm -hmm. well, well, your office Which is, is just office up there, is right? Yeah. Well, when you go to that parking lot, the biking parking lot there, mm -hmm. when you look south, you see this big ridge going from, from, uh, yeah, from. Sort of north, northeast to south, southwest. Uh, north, northwest to south, southeast. That's a drumlin. Is that you mean looking down through the field? Yeah. 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 Or there's there's a, kind of a there's kind of an indent that you look straight yeah. out at. Uh, but but that ridge, ridge that goes out uh, to in the direction of the landfill site. Mm -hmm. That's a three kilometer long drumlin. Oh, okay. And when you look at like lidar imaging, imaging and stuff yeah. like that, it's absolutely it's like classic textbook. Yeah. When you go on the trail to the in back into the city, yeah, you see these gigantic erratics like at the at the head of the drumlin. Yeah, you know? yeah, and 
Yeah. There's some huge rocks down yeah, there. Yeah, people see down that. towards like uh, Macadam in that area. There's, oh, yeah. There's big, yeah. big rocks where they yeah, have ladders there. Yeah, we were just in Spetnik Lake for the last weekend. Spetnik Lake's the other We were camping there, and and yeah, there's all these erratics all over the place. But when you go... There's a big one on Camp of Belo Island, actually. <laughs> oh, they're too everywhere, Yeah, they're right? everywhere, yeah. But when you go to uh, Scotchtown, mm -hmm. and you go into the Grand Lake Spit, like the, you know, that gravel bar that goes way in, Have you ever been there? I don't know if you I have. You can walk on this gravel bar for a kilometer and a half, and you're only into your water up to here when yes, the water's sir. low. Yes, sir. And it's, uh, it's part probably of an old moraine. Oh, okay. And you look, at, you look around there, and you can find crazy, crazy boulders. Like, some of them are from Saguenay. Yeah, up in Quebec. Which so they traveled like 500 plus kilometers, and were dumped right there. Yeah, yeah. It's a, how does it pick them up? I always wonder how it it, uh, it shears up usually yeah. in the bottom of the ice. Yeah, depending on the so basal conditions. Glaciers were more kind of top down the way they build, but well, I guess in the ice age it would be different though. Oh yeah, yeah. Like these big ice sheets, they when they when they travel over like large tracts of land and they come into obstructions they, uh, they shear yeah, like at the slow, bottom like a slow river yeah like and the they and they pick stuff up usually down ice so if the glacier come over this way it would pick up stuff on this side Almost, yeah. and you see this side is way steeper Almost rolls it up. than that side yeah right? yeah it picks yeah. it up just because the the basal ice conditions change yeah the pressure and the freezing or melting and yeah yeah we had a, actually when I used my, probably the most I've used my geology experience was, um, I worked at the mill for 16 years doing forestry work. And down in Frederick Junction in the woods down there, there's a moraine, huge, right. like giant moraine, but it kind of curves. Oh, and it's it probably, almost, it, is it an esker? It's an esker, yes, yeah, sorry, yeah, it was an esker. Yeah, yeah. And it, it looked it looked like a it looked like a, an asteroid crash site, so all the people <laughs> at work were like, I think it's an asteroid. <laughs> so yeah. I went down and walked, and you can walk yeah. around it, and, and it had a little pond in the middle of a beautiful oh, spot, because yeah. yeah. it's kind could, of isolated could, could from the rest of the forest. Or something like that. Well, that's yeah. the other thing, like Killarney Lake, the the far end of Killarney Lake is an esker. Mm -hmm. so, oh, it is? So the dam okay. that, stopped, that holds the water in is yeah. an esker. Oh, I didn't know that. And, uh, I was wondering that too, because yeah. it kind of drops off pretty quick on either side there. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, And so, and the interesting thing about that lake is like there's a, there's a climatic event that's registered in the lake sediments. It's mm -hmm. called, uh, it's called the Killarney Gersensee Oscillation. So at the end of the last ice age, there was, it was warming and then a really, really rapid cooling. Mm -hmm. And it was first registered here in Killarney Lake by one of the UNB students. Oh, wow. And so that got published in Nature and all that sort yeah. of stuff. People here have no idea. Oh, no, I know. <laughs> it's, no idea. it's fascinating yeah. stuff. Oh, it is. Like, yeah. And that's the thing, you know. And I think there's a general resurgence. Yeah. And I think you're right. Like, well, pe people want to know more. Well, I think people are getting out and want to know what's around them, kind of. Yeah, so, yeah, that yeah. probably too. I mean, my friends that were on Grand Manans, they said, tell them that we used to guide all the time yeah. <laughs> for hiking, you know, yeah. like, and uh, yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, uh, so much. Stuff. I think a lot of people really enjoy that. I, one of my colleagues and I, we said, we need to make like a beach site, you know, like all the beaches around the province, yeah. like all different shapes and sizes and all different rocks. And, you know, yeah, like, yeah. It's just fascinating, but, and people go They've to beaches and I mean, pick the, up the, what is it? The Oh, G Stonehammer. Stonehammer, that's what I'm thinking yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that I mean, was that's uh, kind of an attempt. To... Yeah, yeah. And that is that is pretty good. But Stonehammer, like people come there and, and Stonehammer, a geopark is more like an experience than a yeah. than an actual park. Yeah. Right? That yeah. sort of confuses people sometimes. Yeah, no, I too. know. Yeah, I mean, the, definitely. The, the, I hear. I've heard lots yeah. of stories about the people new one in, where in, the park is. Yeah, yeah they, well, the new one in uh, in Nova Scotia is the same way. Right? It's a whole stretch from Truro all the way to Advocate Harbor, that whole coast, right? Yeah. And there's so many different oh, things to see. Oh, what a great spot down there. Yeah. You know, which tends to lead to all the hiking trails and stuff. Because I mean, the more interesting the geology is, where the hiking trails. Yeah, kind of I think so. I mean, yeah. population base yeah. too, but. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, like here, like I mean, I've I've tried this with one of the with a couple of the teachers that I take out here, and there's a trail. When you go around, like it basically yeah. loops sort of around, right? Yeah. And then there's a lower trail, and there's a couple of side trails, and it takes a little bit of work, but you can get to the Carlisle Road. Well, there's one that goes back and hits the field, and then up through a yeah. field, and exactly, up there. yeah, yeah, and then you're you're almost like you're only a couple hundred meters from where the quarry is. Yeah. The interesting thing too is the landscape, right? So. So this is 300 million years old, and, uh, and the lava flows are about the same age, or mm -hmm. maybe a little bit younger. 
But then there, that caps a bunch of sedimentary rocks that mm -hmm. are also exposed in the quarry. And then you go to the oh, river sure. and, and this, the environment in which those gravels were deposited in 300 million years mm -hmm. ago is almost exactly like what's happening today. Okay. So you can make that link between the present kind of yeah. environment and Condition. ecosystem yeah. and, and the old one, right? Yeah. I mean, of course, the vegetation and the kind of fossils you can find in there. Is <laughs> nothing what we see today, but yeah. you know. But so is there a lot of fossils in the There's court? quite a few, uh, like, uh, large ferns mm -hmm. and uh, and you know like the horsetail ones yeah. that you find like small ones now yeah. gigantic ones you know there you can find them in uh, in some of the, the beds there yeah up uh, this how high would this have been when it was a volcano it would have been like hard to say um, high, right? and i mean it doesn't have to be high right yeah I mean, um, that's true in the rift zone uh, and i mean if you look at Iceland today, like, yeah. you know, that's a large rift zone, but, it's flat, though, but really. uh, it's pretty flat. Yeah, it kind of separates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's hard to say how how high this would have been. Because sometimes no, you see some American you can, materials that say it. <laughs> yeah, well, sometimes. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it's just a. It, this is what it could have been. Um, I mean, there there are certain ways you can calculate how much material has been exhumed mm -hmm. above it, right? Yeah. Like by looking at like uh, the pressure in the crust or any of those kind of things. Now, with the ice, it's a lot easier because it's way more recent, right? So when the ice left, yeah. the, the Earth's in crust the 10, rebounded, right? 10,000 year range? Yeah, yeah, about, like in this area, about 10,000 years. Yeah. And the, the Earth's crust rebounded, right? And then it's, it, it's sort of like a, you almost like a guitar string, yeah. you know, it goes up and down and then it stabilizes. Because right? the way the ice compresses the ground. Yeah, down. yeah exactly. Like and the more, the more weight. Year. Oh yeah, like think about it, there's like 500, probably at least 500 meters, maybe a kilometer of oh, ice okay. right here. Weighs yeah. a lot. Yeah. When the bay, when the tide comes into the Bay of Fundy, mm -hmm. the, Earth, the Earth's crust actually goes down. Yeah, yeah. really. Because of the weight. Yeah. But it's a very slow reaction, right? Yeah. So there's a very tiny vibration in the crust. Measurable, already. but not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But still. That's pretty crazy, but it's yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, the Bay of Fundy itself is pretty Well, there crazy. is something like, uh, <laughs> like uh, I forget how many kilometers I think it's 104 cubic kilometers of water coming yeah. in there every yeah. tide. Well, I never never ceases to amaze me when I sit there and watch it. And I ch well, chased me in Point Wolf one, and I was, I was at a, a jog to get away from it. <laughs> like it was well, I mean, I, I when I first came here, I'm from Holland originally, mm -hmm. and when I first came here, I, uh, I was studying sea level change, mm -hmm. and I worked down in the in the marshes by Beausjour uh, in that area. Yeah. And um, one day we were working down at the bottom of the cliff, and we had. We had, we were drilling by hand, and we had this drill gear in the in the in the ground. Mm -hmm. we were probably at about 12 meters deep or something like that. And the tide came in so fast, we had to leave our equipment yeah. right there well, at the bottom of the cliff. And then we came back the next day, and we had to, was, of course, all silted in and everything. Yeah. And we had to get some major leverage to get it back <laughs> out. But yeah, I've almost lost hiking boots just taking them off <laughs> on the other side of streams, and it comes in. Oh yeah. Quick, so. Yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. You know, and and any time, like, you know, if you if you have, like, uh, we were on the Sealy Beach, Long Beach section of the footpath. Yeah. Um, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And uh, there? there's uh, the Dragon's yeah. Tooth, for instance. Yeah. Is there, right? Yeah. So, that's know, not like, an erratic. That's a. Uh, yeah, that's that in more erosion. That, that, yeah, that's part of the volcanic rocks that are there. Oh, it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's not an it's erratic. It's different. Yeah, it's a different. Yeah. yeah. There's. I don't know how much of the funny footpath you've hiked, but there's one place there where you're kind of you're following along. It must be an old rift or something, but it's like a cliff which with like a deep hole on the side, and the trail kind of goes up on the side of that. So it drops off, and then there's a big cliff that you kind of go. Is that on that section too? No, it's further over. It's over by Goose Goose uh, Creek, I think. I'm yeah, no, so we have we have hiked like the Fundy the Fundy Park path. Yeah, uh, in there. Yeah, but, and then we haven't had like my wife and I at one point we saying like. Yeah, we should do that sometime. <laughs> we, yeah. never, we never really did. But we did sections of it. But now, because it's more accessible yeah. all of a sudden, yeah. we had a, a, a conference for geological directors from all over Canada mm -hmm. here. And uh, we published a little guide uh, with the parkway. And we took all of them out there. And, yeah. Uh, and we are working on a pebble guide. Too, so where is that now? I don't think I've ever seen that. Is the, it like a... The guide? Yeah. Um, it's on our website. Is um, it? Okay. Yeah, but I can send Actually, you the link. Yeah, I think I, I, I did send, look I can that. send you the link. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd like to see that. Yeah. 
I and, saw uh, the Pebble Guide. I was looking at the Pebble Guide a bit. Yeah, the Pebble Guide was one for Nova Scotia, and we do, I don't know if they have made one themselves at the Parkway, but yeah. we're, we're going to do one for the entire Bay of Fundy. Yeah. But the Parkway, man, look. Oh, it's fascinating. <laughs> yeah, that's the it. diversity down there. I mean, we, we were going to hike to the Walton Glen Gorge again uh, this summer with some friends that haven't done it before, and, uh, and then they closed the trail. Yeah. It's the way we like to hike that, uh, that Walton Glen is we, we go down the McCumber footpath and we yeah. hit the Sandy Fundy Trail yeah, and then we go back up. Because I love that stretch through Little Salmon River where well, you have to go through the water. And stuff, yeah. And yeah. because you see all the geology, like yeah. in the boulders and stuff like that. Right? As long as you get good shoes. We went yeah, with water just shoes. little water shoes, but yeah. we, without hard soles. We had soft oh. sole ones yeah. the first time, and it was, <laughs> it was a bit pain. What's the history of the gorge, the Walton Glen Gorge, then? It's a, it's a structural uh, weakness, like uh, probably a fault line. Fault line. Uh, so then, would, it be, would it historically have been like a granite? Is it, it's is a, it granite a felsic now? volcanic. It's okay. Volcanic. okay. So it's, it's older like volcanic. a rhyolite. Oh yeah, it's old. It's it's uh, it's Cambrian, uh, most of it. So which is like uh, about half a billion years old. Yeah. Um, and and you can see by the sharpness of all the rocks that it reactivated over and over again, right? But when people say, "Oh, it's formed by the glaciers," but it's more likely that when the glaciers came over top of that, mm -hmm. it just filled it in. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And uh, and then and then it washed it out again when uh, when the meltwater came through. Yeah, because uh, that's what's happening. I mean, if you look at the at the deltas along the parkway, like which is kind of interesting. If you if you go to Long Beach, mm -hmm. so there's deltas. Well, there's deltas in St. Martin's that are Triassic. They're 230 million. And years by old. deltas, you mean like. Uh, deltas that have formed into lakes you know okay. or, yeah. or, or, yeah. or marine like, deltas right yeah. so so and then if you look at long beach you know where the upper parking lot is like it said about 35 meters above sea level yeah well that's a post-glacial delta so okay. the sea level was that high at that point mm -hmm. and then the new delta is forming right right now yeah. when, you, when you see it at low tide right it yeah, goes, it's goes out forever yeah 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 we were there working actually we call it work <laughs> <laughs> and we were mapping some of the sediments in the delta because there's debris flows in that. Like, mm -hmm. and they're, they're very thick and they're almost as hard as concrete. Like it's a, it's a very weird kind of environment. But, uh, but the, like the amount of material that's in there is just gigantic. And it was probably like that at, uh, at Little Salmon as well. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there's still a, delta, a modern delta there, but there's only remnants of like... Uh, post-glacial deltas in that valley. So, mm -hmm. so. Yeah, I think in the interview on the radio, they were talking about the purple rocks on the way out of the... the Parkway. Yeah, yeah, right by the visitor center there. Yeah. Now how that's a different... Yeah, those those purple rocks, they're all, uh, they're all volcanic rocks, I think, okay. and, and they're, uh, they're Cold Brook group. Mm -hmm. now, there might be some interbedded sediments, but like they're so metamorphosed that you, you almost can't recognize what it originally was so yeah. is it fresh well, yeah fresh just changed completely like oh yeah pressure yeah and yeah pressure and like uh fluids through it and yeah. so chemical replacement they'd be rich with iron to make it purple uh, to make it purple yeah yeah because yeah. yeah. there's a few there's a few old crops along the funny quote fast some of the cliffs too that have the really bright purple rocks and stuff right. too so yeah which probably fall right up along yeah have you ever been to martin head yeah yeah is that what's the I think I think Martin Head, if I remember correctly, that's structurally controlled. Like the bedrock part is mm -hmm. structure, stru and it's uh, it's I think it's an outlier of this uh, Cambrian rock. But I I have to I have to look it up. Yeah. Uh, I was down there when we were working on the funny model forest. Like yeah. uh, I was involved in that, and we were doing like soil mapping all throughout that area at that point. Did you then, ever, when you were at Martin Head, did you ever go to the sand, the fossilized sand dunes? Um, no, I haven't seen those no, ones. I haven't either. But, <laughs> but, but, but there are some, there are some similar ones uh, at uh, at Duck Pond, like uh, I think I mentioned. Yeah, Duck you mentioned Pond. that. I got to go down that yeah. area. I didn't even know that area was there. It's sort of, it's sort of like a little bit off the beaten path, you know, because you have to take like the scenic route through Gardner Creek, mm -hmm. and then towards Tinmouth, Tinemouth, or whatever, however you yeah. spell that, but. Before you get to the uh, exit to Tynemouth, you, uh, you go along this shore road, and it's a dirt road. It's called Duck Pond Road. Yeah. 
Now, I bet you if it was called Duck Pond Beach Road, mm. more people would go there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I could see that. And you get there, and like, we were there a few weeks ago with a couple of colleagues, and uh, you, you can actually climb towards Split Rock. Yeah. You know, like uh, on the littoral platform, you can walk out at low tide, mm -hmm. and you can climb it in the back. And I think oh, okay. people... I think people camped on there because in the middle there's a really yeah. flat kind of the grass and the vegetation is kind of flat. Yeah. But you're like in an and we were in the fog and it's like you're on a different planet. Yeah. 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 No, it's weird. It looks yeah. like some of the features down in Nova Scotia along that. Yeah. Coast. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I mean, there's a duck pond. There's actually there's caves just like in Saint Martin's. Yeah. They're not as big. Yeah. But. It, and it, then it has a sort of like a little bit of a sea stack kind of things on one of the promontories too. Mm -hmm. So it has, it's got, got this miniature kind of landscape, you know, and it, it's beautiful. I always, thought, I always thought it was funny that you have to go all the way from St. John to Fundy Trail Parkway and there's not much for trails in between. Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> the, have, have you ever been to Chimney Rock? Chimney Rock. It's a, it's, it's. I, yeah, I call it Chimney Rock. It's a trail, but it's up up near Napadog and Deersdale area, and it's it's so. a crack in the earth that's only it might be six feet across. Right. You climb down into it, and the Chimney Rock's just a piece of the wall that came across. And it okay. Looks, it looks almost like this kind of rock. Right. Yeah. But it it almost looks columnar, but it's it's wider, so I don't think it is. I think it's just right. separated from the rock face. Okay. But it's this narrow little gorge that goes down through. Yeah. And it's is there six, is there a hiking trail in there? It's an old road, basically. Okay. There's an yeah. ATV trail that goes right. Yeah. Like you can stand right beside it, and not even see it's there. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I think it's a pretty amazing there. spot. There's not a whole lot of places in the province where I'm because I've been in the woods since. Well, like that's when you said Duck Pond. I'm like, my God, how do I not know? But like <laughs> after ten, after ten years of exploring everything, I'm still finding these yeah. fascinating places. Well, one of one of the guys that started working for me when he was a student, which was like 1987, and. We sort of like he stayed up. He started working out of our Bathurst office, and I worked down here. Mm -hmm. And between the two of us, there's there's not many roads that we haven't traveled in the problems like Woods Road and this, you know, like. And every once in a while, we go someplace, and there's new roads in there, and we see something totally new. Yeah. And now with lidar. Yeah. Oh man, like I wish there was lidar like 30 before. years ago. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it changes the whole picture. You know, oh, like, yeah. the detail, like. You could walk through a landscape and there would be like little beach ridges that mm -hmm. would only be this high. Yeah. And you would not notice them. Yeah. And you look on the lighter and you can just pick them out because you, you just trace right through the landscape. Yeah, it's, you know, like, it's, uh, it's crazy. Yeah. So that's what I tell my young colleagues. I said, taking all the fun out of field work, you know. But, <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's still lots of fun to be had. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, there is. And I mean, like, we, we come up here like I mean we have a couple of kids, uh, grandchildren in New Maryland here and, and we've taken them up here you know and they say the same thing so this is a volcano but like there's no fire you know? yeah <laughs> like, there's no fire there's no lava there's all yeah. but it's noticeably the rock is noticeably different than yeah most and, and uh, well in the in the in the in this 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 literature part yeah um, it also says if you pick it up you can feel that it's considerably heavier And you can tell, so like, I mean, you pick it up yeah. and you can feel it's heavy yeah. for its size, right? Yeah. And it's because there's a lot of iron and manganese. Yeah, it's like a, it's almost like steel. Yeah, I'll, I'll crack it open and we'll see if we can see the crystals yeah. in. Yeah. So when you look at this, right? Yeah. You can actually see, see the little crystals, right? Yeah. And it's, it's coarser than normal basalts would be, mm -hmm. you know? So they call this a micrograbo. Gabbro. Yeah, you see the small crystals in there. So what would what would that look like in more of the columnar fast drying stuff? Or the, it would be just pure black. It'd be pure black yeah. because yeah, there's there's in, the, in those basalts there's almost no uh, feldspars in it, right? There's oh, okay. a little bit more feldspars and stuff in yeah. this, yeah, and that's what gives it a little bit of a grayish color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The basalts are usually darker. I think the first time I noticed the columnar stuff, we went to uh, Giant's Causeway in Ireland. 
where where the U2 uh, video was filmed? I didn't know that, but yeah, probably. Yeah, I would guess, but yeah. That's all. It's a pretty popular I've spot. Been, like I've, it's, I've yeah. been in Iger, but I've yeah. never been at the Giant Causeway. But it's quite a tourist attraction where you can walk down over the hill by the coast. There's trails going along the coast, but it's, I mean, it's just a. Oh, it's it's a classic. But it's, it's on nice. textbooks. You yeah, know, like, yeah. <laughs> no doubt. It's just yeah, yeah. It's very clear what it is. Like yeah. it's not. Yeah. Because even even when you get down the Grand Manan, you see some of the cliffs and stuff. It's not as hexagonal I guess it is and when you go to southern head where the lighthouse yeah. is yeah the one of the cliffs there is like it's almost like a classic example. Yeah. yeah is that down just to the right of the lighthouse yep I yep. think I, yeah I know what yep. you mean yeah yeah so I spent some time there taking pictures of sunsets <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so, so you know that that's just beautiful you know but I mean you go to places like Iceland too and you can we were we were there I mean going back to Holland every once in a while you know you you, you can stop in Iceland for free, like, and so you fly with Reg uh, with Iceland Air, and and uh, we've stopped over and make a little tour and visit some spots and stuff, and you can actually see columnar basalts, and it might be like a couple of meters thick, mm -hmm. and then on top of that you have like modern gravels, mm -hmm. and below you have gravels that are just a little bit older you know but not very old like maybe yeah. a thousand years or a couple hundred years right yeah. so and in between you have this package of solid rock right yeah. so that's really odd you know yeah. there's, there's not many environments where you find stuff like that right so would it be older gravel that was covered over by yeah. lava and then yeah newer gravel yeah, on top so of that the, and these gravels they're they're just not consolidated yeah because they're not very old yeah right and so and then you have lava on top of it yeah. and then it it might melt or consolidate and harden the upper level of the gravels a little bit. Yeah, but that make yeah. more of a conglomerate kind yeah, of rock yeah. at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sugarloaf Mountains, it's different rock, is it? Or? Yeah, that's a. I think it's a rhyolite. Uh, it's a, a felsic volcanic. Yeah. But it's also like the same similar kind of thing. It's a, but that would be, see. The chemical composition would give it away as a terrestrial volcano, so mm -hmm. uh, formed on a, on a continental crust, mm -hmm. which is a different composition as the ones that are made in the rift zones. Oh, okay. Right? So, okay. Yeah. Is that because it's coming from deeper in the rift zones? Um, yeah. Well, and there's it's it's just a different composition because the ocean crust is made out of different materials, right? Oh, okay. Okay, seriously. Yeah. So the ocean so crust is made rock, is heavier. Yeah. And that's why that's where the oceans are. Oh, okay. And so the continental crust is lighter, so it's more buoyant. Yeah. That so, makes sense because that yeah. rhyolite. We we hiked. Me and a friend of mine hiked uh, Traveler Mountain in Baxter State Park last right? year, and it's yeah. it's the highest. Old volcano in in Maine, I guess. Right. And it's all rhyolite. It's a light. Yep. It almost sounds like a, it almost sounds like ceramic when you're walking. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's yeah, really and, light. It, and it's, it's very. Uh, um, you can you can see some crystal mm -hmm. crystalline shapes in there, and and but it's very fine. But it's very very fine grained, right? So yeah. it's cooled off really rapidly. Yeah. Right. Which makes so sense is because it's super so slippery when it gets to the wet. Surface. Yeah. It's really slippery when it gets yeah. wet, and that's probably yeah. why. Yeah. The finer so. grains. So up north, is there any other around Mount Carlton or any interesting stuff that just? Well, see, Mount Carlton itself is also it's like a, a volcanic caldera, actually. Oh, it is. That's okay. That whole, that whole area. Yeah. Not the, where the lake is now or mm -hmm. anything like that, but where the rocks were initially formed is shaped like like a, like a composite volcano almost. So the caldera at Mount Carlton, can you tell where the caldera is now? Like, would it be in? within the peaks that are there or would it be just kind of yeah the, well actually uh, at mount carlton is also written up in that mm -hmm. in that book i think and and in the park itself there's a very good geological display at the interpretive center yeah so, yeah um, but see there's a lot of uh, glacial workings there too like the whole uh, sagamook for instance like where the tours are mm -hmm. those those big angular rocks on yeah. the side well you just go in behind that and you can find like glacial striated uh, pieces of bedrock and you can find the erratics right in the saddle between Sagamook mm -hmm. and Mount Carlin. Yeah. Um, but so would that be older then or do you know the age of the Mount Carlton volcanic the, origin? Um, yeah, that, those are Devonian. Okay. See the Appalachian range goes, it goes from, well yeah really, really the yeah, Caledonia is a part of it too but the the Miramichi Highlands are a younger part of that, mm -hmm. but 
they go all through the Gaspé and then they hook up with Cape Breton in Newfoundland. Yeah. It's all part of that same kind of. And there's a few large fault zones in there, like the Cobequid Fault, like mm -hmm. um, north, just north of Truro. When you come back from Halifax, you at one point you come off the off the uh, the Wentward Valley and mm -hmm. you come down. And you can, if you look right, you can see the, this straight line in the landscape, and it's a gigantic fault, oh, and it goes all the way to Cape Breton, basically. Yes, and uh, that's one of those major structural uh, lineaments, I guess, that that separates some of these terrains. And the terrains are are older, like Caledonia, and then you have uh, younger ones like uh, Silurian Devonian. And then the Carboniferous Basin that basically goes from Bathurst to Fredericton to Moncton, like the big, mm -hmm. if you remember the geological map, it's the big yellow yep, wedge, right? Yeah. Um, and that's like an intermontane basin, basically, like similar to what you would have like uh, in the northwestern U.S. today. Or, like Wyoming yeah. or something like that. Yeah. 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 With, with larger, I mean, probably the Miramichi Islands were... I don't know if they were the size of the Rockies, but they were a lot higher than they were today. Yeah. yeah. So were the Appalachians and all volcanic origin, or were they pushed up? Or oh, a they're pushed. They're, it's, a, it's part of a accretionary terrain, right? Yeah. Uh, when you when you get the book, oh yeah, or you have the book. It's at home. I haven't been yeah. home yet for a couple of days, but yeah, <laughs> but, <laughs> it's there already. But there, there is a really good in, <laughs> there is a really good introduction into the book about accretionary terrains. You know, like so what what means that sometimes. When you have sedimentation in the in the basins, like offshore basins, mm -hmm. and then you, you get things pushed up again, like these sediments, they get plastered onto the uh, the continent, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes it even goes so far, like in the Bathurst area, these the volcanoes that are like in an archetype setting, like Japan today, mm -hmm. for instance. Just imagine that that whole string of islands get pushed against Asia, mm -hmm. right? And Japan Sea would disappear. Right? Yeah. So yeah. that's what you call an accretionary terrain. It gets pushed against kind of an existing continent. Yeah. And so, and then there's times when it separates, like when the Bay of Fundy yeah. formed, right? But then there are also, right, right now. Which would be different, a lot different than a subduction zone like out west. Yeah, kind yeah, of thing. yeah, yeah. So, Right now we are on a passive margin. That's why we don't have any volcanoes. Yeah. We don't have any earthquakes. Yeah. Like the whole eastern seaboard is basically like facing in the center of a big plate. Yeah, the, the only, the only, the only. I the thought only, that was a lucky thing. Yeah, the only, the, the only dangerous thing here is now, like with sea level change and stuff like that. You know, there, there might be some issues with yeah. low, the low lying, you know, cities and stuff like that. And yeah, that's going to be a problem. But. Yeah. Spendnik Lake's a hidden gem. That's oh, a it spot is. Like uh, for, we have for boating and hiking yeah, oh, yeah. and we, camping and we, we, we wilderness the camp there. Like we canoe a lot and stuff. Yeah. And uh, I mean, we we've been in Ontario and Georgian Bay and stuff like that with our kids that live there. And man, like I call, I call Spendnik our Algonquin, you know, yeah. like because minus the people it's pretty extensive too it is very extensive yeah and, yeah and you know and, and but you don't have the amount of people that you have in Algonquin no. right like you can go to a wilderness site there and you have to share it with somebody yeah and you have to book it like three months in advance yeah here you can just go out and you probably find a spot you know? <laughs> just to show up <laughs> yeah yeah so that's that's a holy and I mean one of my friends we actually going to the parkway on Saturday because my wife and I, we bought an ambassador passes. Because yeah. like last year, we were there five or six times. And we said, gee, we might as well just get a season pass. There was a lot of people bought season passes this year. It was, oh, this it was double what it was like last year. Well, it's like a no, it's a no-brainer, right? <laughs> yeah. If you go like three or four times with a car full of people, and yeah, it makes a big difference when that Long Glen side yeah. opened up and the drive through to Sussex. So yeah, that's that's nice too. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, there's so much to see, right? I mean. Oh, there I mean, is. I mean, one of our favorite spots, and, and this is the other thing, like, there's not, you you hike down to Melbourne Beach and Pangburn, and, yeah. like, most of the time, like, you're there by yourself. Yeah, I don't the, think I've ever been to Melbourne Beach and seen people there. Oh, I've seen I, people I there. Go, I go at night. I go oh. at <laughs> off times, too. Most, I slept down there for one night. Yeah. Oh, yeah, on the beach? Yeah, I just I hiked in, and, and 
I went to do star photography, then I clouded in. I just laid there on the beach and fell asleep oh, and wow. slept for a couple hours, got up at like two in the morning and walked out again. They <laughs> <laughs> have done that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but, it's, I, had, it's, I had a down jacket on. It was, I think it was middle October, but it was a nice warm night. It's great. Just sit there. And that, that, I think that beach is probably the nicest pebble beach in all of Atlantic Canada, yeah. like, including Newfoundland. Yeah. Like, it's unreal. Like, and I mean, I, I tell people, like, we have friends in Switzerland, and, and I mean, we've been there and hiking and stuff like that, and they visited here, and I mean, where do you take people from Switzerland, like, yeah. to see scenery, right? Well, you take them to Pangburn. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because, well, they love the ocean, you know, and but they, they, they haven't never seen anything like that. Yeah. 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 Heron Cove's got a nice, but it's not. Yeah, it's yeah, not it, yeah, nice. it does. Yeah, it and kind of I turns mean, into sand after a little bit. Yeah, and I like Point Wolf too, you know, in the park. Yeah, uh, but yeah. but yeah, way more people, right? Um, so the cliffs at Pangborn is that that's all sedimentary, is it? Um, the orange rock that's kind of. Yeah, I think I think that is. Uh, it might even be Carboniferous. I'm not sure. I'll have to look at. Okay. See, I'm I'm not a bedrock geologist, right? I'm a, I'm a surface guy. I do glacial stuff and soils and. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, I, I know quite a bit. So about how far does that go into like beaches and like the eastern side of the province, I guess? Oh yeah, the, well the eastern side of the province, like the beaches there are a different kind of. Uh, they're they're formed in a different way, right? I mean, they're they're all formed in rising sea level context, right? Mm -hmm. So it's sand that gets washed out to the ocean and it gets pushed back up. Yeah. Um, the whole Dutch coast is made like that, yeah. like, and we're protected by those things up to now, you know, mostly. But Kushabukwak um, is like one of my colleagues. Uh, he's probably got the best job of all of us. Like he's the coastal geomorphologist. Like he does he goes beach, to the beach surveys. All the time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like we are always joking with him. We're like, oh, where are you going this week, Dominic? And so him and his buddy, like they uh, they do all these. Uh, Erosional measurements and stuff, and how the beach beach changes after storms yeah. and stuff like that, yeah. which is important for like protection and stuff. It happens like fast. Yeah, it <laughs> in geological terms. <laughs> yeah, it happens like in the, in the blink of an eye, uh, geologically speaking. Yeah, but yeah, it's interesting. Uh, just the the all the islands out around the Miramichi Bay and stuff that kind of protect yeah. it there too. Yeah, I was actually reading something the other day that, and I've always thought it that like, um, where all those long sand beaches are and it either happened on Prince Edward Island or it happened like along Miramichi Bay. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there was Vikings there, you know, because mm. in the sagas they talk about like butternuts and grapes and stuff like that and yeah. And that was like sort of the northern extent of that. Mm -hmm. So it's either PEI or, or our side of the Northumberland Strait, you know. But, but of course everything if they left anything behind it's all underwater. So yeah. yeah. It's hard to and they probably didn't have any permanent settlement, so like they would have to lose their cell phone or something like that and you'd find it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The uh, I thought it was interesting. I never really noticed before, but all of the all of the river and stream valleys on the Fundy footpath, the way they form, the gravel bars are all in one direction because of the way the tides come in and yeah. form them. Yeah. Have you have you ever been underwater down at St. Martin's? Like in a kayak or on the Zodiac or <sighs> I think a long time ago. Yeah. They uh, the the red rock guys they we, uh, I took a bunch of Japanese people from their public broadcasting like, to the caves, yeah, the and we discussed yeah. the caves, and uh, and then we took the zodiac out on the on the bay, and uh, got talking to uh, Mike Carpenter, uh, one of the guys at the Red Rock, and he mm -hmm. said, "Yeah, we said we we're always interested in learning more about the geology." And I said, "Well, he said, let's set something up," and so yeah. we. Uh, I got a crew of eight of us from our survey branch together, and we uh, we went on a day-long trip along mm. that stretch of the coast. Yeah. And Sue Johnson was one of the, and she knows a lot about the bedrock geology down in there, so it's yeah. great. Because he says too, he said the people that are out on the water in their canoe kayaks and stuff, they're really interested in yeah. how this shaped and you know and how old it is and all oh, that yeah. sort of stuff. Right? Yeah, so. that's in the, on a big increase this year too. So. Oh yeah. I'm I actually sure. started a paddling MB. Facebook page and I've got the website bought. I'm going to start that this winter. So, so are you are you a kayaker or a canoeer? I've got a canoe that mom and dad. I've got an old town canoe that mom and dad have had for 
20 years we used to yeah. use it as a teenager kind of thing right. and it's been sitting in behind the shed and i finally yeah. pulled it out and put it in my shed so we've been out in front of home i live up in nakwick just across the river from nakwick so okay. we drag it down the river and canoe yeah. up around and oh yeah we we canoed a stretch from mckinley landing down into town like yeah oh probably 10 times every year yeah you know and the water's really no low now so you can't even come through the passage here but yeah uh, this this spring and i mean and that's the other interesting thing right now like there's so much erosion happening on the islands i picked up a, a an indian point mm. like this long yeah perfect shape like yeah. right on the beach here yeah because of all the erosion that's happening on these islands yeah so all the, they're actually doing an inventory this summer i think and they're going to go around some because it's a known archaeological site right yeah so. a friend of mine found one on sheldrake island yeah many years ago yeah and so anyway i brought it to the people at the uh, culture and heritage in, uh, at their archaeological branch and they catalog everything for, yeah. for the First Nations and stuff like that. And so, but yeah, there there were more finds these last two springs because of all the erosion, because of the flooding. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But yeah, some of the artifacts and archaeological sites and stuff around are fascinating. Oh, they are, yeah. Especially and I mean, the, the landscape, like, so I was talking about Killarney Lake earlier on, right? So. Mm -hmm. So the ice disappeared around 11,000, and then it warmed up, and then it cooled off really rapidly again. But then it warmed up for good around 10,000, mm -hmm. or 11, 11, 8, or something like that. And then at 11,000, I think 300 or something, the people that camped on the Delta in Marysville. Mm -hmm. uh, do you remember a few years ago there was an uh, excavation there? When they were building the highway? Yeah, right on the highway. Yeah, right yeah. there, the Pennyac yeah. exit there. Yeah. yeah, no, I know what you mean. So, so where the where the ball field is, mm -hmm. so on top of a delta, mm -hmm. like, and it's a post-glacial delta, so yep. it's, I don't know how high it is, I think it's 45 meters or something like that. So these people were were here, like the ice barely disappeared. Yeah. And there are people in the landscape. Yeah. I uh, I do tours through Del Park with grade four classes, and uh, there's one spot there have you been to the ledges in Odell Park? The little cliff that yeah. overhang, yeah. 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 Every time I'm there, and there's a different fort <laughs> built on it. <laughs> and and well, I, I, I tell the kids, I said, just imagine the landscape. I said, there's no trees yet. Mm -hmm. You know, there's like just like little dwarf birches and some heather and some mosses and stuff. I said, and there's probably like caribou down yeah, in the valley, yeah. you know. And the water is at this point, the water is still up to where, you know, where the little bridges in the botanical garden there. Like, yeah. Yep. Well, the water is probably still up to there, yeah. you know. I said, so, so I said, this would be a perfect sp spot for people to camp. For the ice ages, what caused them? Was it climatic? Like, was it volcanic uh, it's, ash uh, in the atmosphere, or was it? You, you have the book, The Last Billion Years? I saw it. it would say, I I, yeah. yeah, I put it in my yeah. email, yeah. It's in any library here, actually. It's, um, and I, I, there's a little schematic thing in there, because different things happening the um, the earth it goes around the sun in an elliptical orbit yeah, right gets further away. and the orbit goes from like elliptical this to elliptical this yeah and then the earth's axis uh, it wobbles mm -hmm. so uh, right now it's 23 degrees off the uh, solar plane mm -hmm. uh, sometimes it, it I think it goes in between 21 and 25 or something like that and so it changes the uh, the, the radiation that's received by yeah. the, in the northern hemisphere yeah and so it changes everything about the climate like all the circulation patterns the ocean patterns and then the other thing that that has an impact is how slowly and this is on, on the long term is how the continent shift so mm -hmm. I mean there were ice ages back in the Permian there was ice ages back in the Cambrian right but the ice ages that we are in today, because we are really still in the ice ages, mm -hmm. this is just an interglacial, right? So, um, they're, 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 they call them Milankovitch cycles, and they're all solar system cycles. Mm -hmm. And so, that really determines, like, the radiation budget of the Earth. How much, yeah, radiation is the sun's yeah, putting out, yeah. basically. And yeah. how much ice forms. And yeah, because so then it's reflective if it's ice forms. If, if these yeah. cycles stay the way they are we are due to go slowly back into a new ice age and that's really hard to believe with global warming and all that so yeah and maybe 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 our influence so like next year or? 
no, no, <laughs> next, no, no. Next. like on on the scale of like 10 20,000 years yeah. <laughs> and people people actually think that maybe human activity can change those cycles yeah uh, i think that's pretty arrogant of us to believe yeah, so sounds like i think a, i think earth will sounds like a bad movie <laughs> yeah earth earth will do its own thing right <laughs> there's actually a there's actually an interpretive sign in the Moss Glen Trail down the Kingston Peninsula that explains that that wobbling and the the change in the right. how the Earth is sometimes further away from at the Kingston Peninsula down here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a Moss Glen Nature Trail that Irving was part of it, and there's a local group that was part of it, and I forget maybe DNR was part of it or something. Okay. They Jeez, just kind of yeah. yeah. But there's an interpretive sign in there, and it's by an erratic that's sitting there. Okay, and it explains, and it explains the glaciers. Yeah. Yeah. It's not part of Stonehammer. I don't think it is, no. No? No. I wonder who did that. That was the first time I've ever seen the, the Might be change a, in the... Yeah, could, be, uh, could be Lucy Wilson. She's at uh, UNB St. John. She would be somewhere like that. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere like that in there. Yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't be a regular trail builder, so <laughs> would come up with it. <laughs> but the, the thing is, you know, like, uh, I mean, for the longest time, like, I mean, it wasn't that long ago that, like, people... And even geologists, they rejected glaciation, they re rejected continental drift, right? I mean, these are all fairly new ideas, right? Yeah. We're still, I mean, we're still learning lots of new things. Yeah. Know? And one of the things that we're going to try to do with our new highway map is, like, put this sort of, like, in a regional context, right? Like, I mean, you look at this and people say, yeah, Korea Mountain, old volcano. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, just when you came and explained yeah. out just the yeah, you know, and, and like and like, like you know, like, yeah. it's it's related to like the, the, the capping lava that's on top of like McLeod Hill Road, and yeah, it, it, the fault stretches all the way to Minto and down to Harvey, right? And it's all interconnected, right? Yeah. And and the reason why they know they're they're sort of similar environment and belong to the same. It's because the age, you can age these things, right? Mm -hmm. So so they're dated roughly the same age. And chemically, they're almost identical. Even like these gabbros yeah. and the basalts that are on top of the Carlisle Road quarry, they're like, chemically, they're almost identical. Yeah. Know? So is it columnar up up there? Um, no, I don't there. I don't think it is. No. Uh, I, well, you can't see it. I think... Would be in that report. It might, yeah. say, it might. It might say that there are a couple of places where you could possibly see it. But yeah. I, I have never. Yeah. I've never really observed it. Right now, it's really hard to get to the basalts because they're like at the top. Yeah. And there's these big, uh, unstable cliffs. You know, mm. so so you can't really get close to it. Yeah. I mean, if you want to, I can show you where the entrance. But it's not not easy. Not hard to find. It's just like uh, if you go up to Carlisle. Yeah, I'm supposed to drive up and see it. Or you can drive up to it? Yeah. Yeah. You want to drive up to it? Yeah. Yeah. So Sussex Bluffs would be, that would have been the bottom of a river at some point then? Yeah. Yeah. It would be like a, basically a alluvial plain, you know, like probably braided streams, you know, like you find maybe in very dry areas today you know, yeah intermittent streams and we we find a lot of the braided streams here in canada now we find in the arctic right because you have no flow in the winter time but you have extreme flow in the spring and then you have almost no flow again in the summer time, yeah so. and no vegetation there. yeah yeah so when we do this with great four students we park the buses over here mm -hmm. <laughs> we make them walk down and they can pick through the rock pile and Beautiful calcite crystals and stuff like that. They're in there, you know. Like, yeah, it's really cool. And, uh, you can find sedimentary rocks and, and volcanic rocks. And, yeah. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, it's know. pretty cool. Yeah. Take that one home for Vicky. But, like, you know, <laughs> that's, that's typical for the type of volcanic rocks you find here. Yeah. Yeah, and often there's like pieces of sediments included in it and stuff. Like that. So when it's like that, it looks like gomer, but it's just pieces dry, pieces cooled quicker than the other around it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because these these lava flows, right? They, these are, well, the chapter in the book's called Little Volcano. Right? Yeah. These are just they're not like gigantic eruptions. Yeah. Right? They're just little fissures like in the crust. Yeah. 
when you have rifting and then you have some lava flowing up and it picks away at stuff around it and picks it up and incorporates it in there. So and so when when she when Sandra and Martha talk about about uh, Curry Mountain, yeah, yeah, they, uh, they, they say that it's uh, it sort of stands out like and it does stand out in the river valley even though it's not that high, but it's. Oh yeah, if you look up the Westmoreland Street Bridge, you can see it. You can see like, it, and you can see it by the type of vegetation, right? Yeah. And down here on this part of Carlisle Road, mm -hmm. uh, fairly rich soils too, because all this volcanic rocks incorporated in the soils. Yeah. So you have a lot of uh, nutrients orchards and stuff like that, right? Oh, that's true. I never thought of that. Yeah. Yeah, because the field you come up through from Curry Mountain it goes through a little orchard. Yeah, there are several of them yeah. along here. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a. Uh, so it's a. Uh, it stands out in the landscape and it's also geologically it sort of stands out because it's quite different than all the sedimentary rocks all around yeah. us, right? So if you go closer to the to the, to the cliffs on that side, I think that's where they've seen pillows in this uh, and some columnar kind of jointing. Oh, so when you say pillows, what do you mean? Like, well, I remember the term, but I can't remember. Yeah, what well, when you have pillow uh, basalts, it's often when stuff like it might hit a little bit of water or whatever and it cools and it sort of sort of almost forms like a ball oh right? okay so you get okay. these curving kind of structures there's the one that i just picked up more of a rounded yeah. and you can see it sometimes in the structures that you know they're sort of like rounded you know and then the outside almost looks like pillows yeah yeah this one maybe here too you see, and there's quite a bit of copper in the system, obviously, because it's all green. Yeah. yeah. Well, I hope you got yeah. some information that will help you, you know. And I think definitely, yeah, yeah, there's lots, definitely. I'd like to thank Tone Pronk for hiking up Curry Mountain with me and explaining to us the fascinating geology across the province and how it relates to the hiking trails. Now, everywhere I go, I'm looking at rocks and cliffs and pebbles and wondering what their origin is. It's fascinating and most of the hiking trails revolve around some kind of interesting geology. The next couple of episodes are also going to be interviews. I have an interview with Eric Obanel. We hike up to a lookout over Dark Harbor in Grand Manan. He's the current president of the Grand Manan Hiking Trails Association. also have an interview with Bob and Judy Stone. He's the past president and between the both of them, they have an extensive knowledge of all the trails around Grand Manan, and we tie that into some of the hikes that we did while we were on Grand Manan for a week. Until next time, hope to see you on the trail.